What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode two of Demi Dad Saturday Sit Down. Today is December 26th, uh, 2020, a year to forget. So, uh, anyway, I hope every, I hope every, <clears throat> sorry, I hope everyone had a good uh, family gather or family time and was able to enjoy the holidays with your family and your loved ones uh, within uh, COVID guidelines, as well, uh, obviously. Um, but yeah, we 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 had a good time. We we spent. We spent the Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with my um, my wife's side of her family, and we got together, you know, and opened presents and things like that. And it was great; it was fun. Um, last week, I had talked a little bit about a little bit about how I have a very stressful full time job, and I work part time at a church, and all of our uh, services are online. So we had uh, there's a lot of preparation and a lot of recording music and and things to get ready for the Christmas Eve service as well as get ready for tomorrow's service ahead of time um, so that we wouldn't have to do it Christmas weekend. Uh, so I'm exhausted. Um, and then also with my full-time job, just making sure that everything is done ahead of time so that I can actually go on vacation and, and enjoy the time off with my family. So it's it was kind of going, 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 going. And then uh, Christmas hit and uh, in order I had to go really hard in order to make sure that I could actually enjoy the Christmas holiday so I'm I'm tired I'm exhausted it's Saturday morning you're probably going to be watching this if you're watching it when it's released it should be released Saturday afternoon at some point um, but yeah so going into kind of our what we did for for Christmas and and um, and Christmas Eve and, and how it kind of relates to the hall to my anxiety and stuff. Um, I'll just, I'll just kind of go, go get into it. So we, we had something, uh, Christmas Eve morning, we went and did that. And then we, uh, I also volunteer for a, uh, a new church here in the area called gathering 208. Um, so I had to, we, our gatherings are less than, uh, are within COVID guidelines. So they actually meet in person and, so we had a Christmas Eve service to get ready for that. So I was playing music, getting ready to play music for that. So we had that on Christmas Eve. And then right after that, we rushed to leave there to go to Jordan, my wife Jordan's grandma's house out in Star, Idaho, or Middleton, Idaho, um, for like a Christmas Eve get together. And we had family there and we had food and, and stuff. And it was, it was great, but I was just so tired. Um, I was I was so tired with it, with everything that I had to get done that um, I'll, I'll kind of get into this, but I just I couldn't stop my mind from thinking about everything. And and norm sorry, normally a uh, a thing that I do when I'm anxious is I stop my brain from thinking so I don't have to feel anything, and that wasn't going to be possible this this year, and and it ended up being a great thing. So, um, but anyway getting into this uh so we had christmas eve service um so we went straight to grandma's house and um we, we you know she gets us um presents and or like um christmas eve pajamas that we open up on christmas eve and we take presents from her and take them home or wherever we're going to open up christmas morning um and i remember well i had mentioned last week on the episode that when it comes to family gatherings and, and places where I have to go or be around people, I have this weird thing where I just, my brain is like, okay, we have to turn on. We have to be, 
because I'm I'm a what is it? I'm a extroverted introvert where I love being around people, but they really drain me. And so I have to mentally prepare for it. So going into Christmas and Christmas Eve, I'm like, I have to prepare for this and I have to do this. And I'm, I have to be on and I have to be funny and I have to make people laugh and not be like center of attention or anything. Cause I don't want to be center of attention, but I want, I do want to make the people around me feel good. And so, um, so I feel like I put this weird responsibility on myself to have to like be on and be in the moment and, and, and involved with whatever's going on. Um, but this year, I think it's because of just how much I put my body through going into preparation to be able to relax and be in the moment on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day that I physically could not turn off my brain. Um, and I talked before about how when I've been anxious, I would need to just go sit in the backyard in the cold and just stare at a fence and literally think about nothing and think about just turn my brain off and just rest my brain and rest my body and just do absolutely nothing. Well, this time, um, an another little backstory this week, a few days before Christmas Eve, we got some devastating news um, from my side of the family. And so kind of wrestling with that as well as getting everything ready for the Christmas the two Christmas Eve services tomorrow's service as well as everything for my full-time job it's just been go 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 um that I remember sitting at Christmas Eve dinner and I've got um um I've got my food in front of me my family's around you know we're all talking we're enjoying time and I remember just thinking like I am so exhausted that I'm listening to the conversations around me and I'm coming up with like things that I would like to add to the conversation, things that I would like to say, things that I could, um, sirens, Lord be with who that situation, whatever's going on. Amen. Um, I, I, was, I was hearing these conversations and coming up with things that I wanted to say and like, some of them were funny jokes. Some of them were just like questions that I'd have to ask people or want to ask people, but I physically couldn't say anything. Um, like I, I, I was in the conversation and in the moment in my brain, but my body was just sitting there staring at my food and slowly eating. And it wasn't that anything was wrong. I, I think it was just total exhaustion. Um, But it ended up being, I mean, my wife took me aside and she was like, are you okay? And I, I mentioned last week how I hate that question, but, and I told her that I was like, you know, I hate that question. And she was like, I'm your wife. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. You are my wife. You kind of get a pass. And I said, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I'm dealing with, you know, some things and, but I'll be okay. And, you know, we kept eating. We kept, I think we, we played like Pictionary. We, we played some other games. We always do a nativity scene at, at grandma's house. So we had people dressed up and. Uh, to do a scene as as we read the, the 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 nativity story and from the Bible and stuff like that and it was it was fun. But man, I'm getting a lot of like feedback here. But I just I just remember feeling like um, like I, I can't not feel these feelings, and I was just so overwhelmed. Um, I needed to rest and I needed to let myself feel things. And in my 
in the past in my anxiety journey, that has been a very difficult thing for me to do is allow myself to feel things because when we, when we have anxiety or we have depression, that's why so many people turn to alcohol or turn to drugs or Xanax even because we don't want to feel these things because it can be so detrimental to our way of life and what we do uh, in, in, in our daily routines with our family. Like we, we can't function if we're feeling these things, but it came to a moment where I just needed to turn off my brain and rest. No, not turn off my brain, turn off my body and let my brain just be overwhelmed with these feelings and be overwhelmed with, with what, um, what I had been dealing with the last few days. And that, that's sometimes the hardest thing um, and the most dreaded is to allow, at least for me and my anxiety, is, is to allow myself to feel things because there's been times where I lash out or I get angry or I'm so overwhelmed with these feelings and emotions that I don't know how to process them and, and, I'll, and you know, I'll take it out on my wife or, or I'll, I mean, I don't really hit her or anything, but I just like, I'm in a grumpy mood and, and, um, and, then, and that's not fair. Um, so I think that's why it's socially acceptable to just not feel anything and, and turn to like Xanax or medicine and, and things like that. And, and I'm, I'm not against that. I'm not against medicine. Uh, I'm on medicine for um, my anxiety and depression. And it's, it's a good way to keep me kind of balanced. But it doesn't stop the anxiety attacks or, or feeling these things 100%. And, and, and I don't think, unless if you take enough to where you're literally not yourself anymore, um, then it will. But at what cost? Um, so I'm on very low doses of, of my medicine because I want to, I, I don't want to get, I don't want to be numb. I want to get in a place where I can overcome these issues that I'm dealing with. And that is why I am filming this podcast. That's why I started this so I can move, move closer to healing. And not, not to take away from like, if you need to turn off your brain and just think about nothing to, in order to get to a place where you can heal and you get need to get to a place where you can, um, relax yourself that's not a bad thing I do that all the time I uh, time I do that all the time where I just need to like I'll tell my wife hey I just need to sit here and just like give me like 10 minutes and I just need to sit here and not think about anything um that but for me this time I knew that I was in a place where I needed to heal and I and I was in a, a safe place where I could or a safe place mentally where I could feel these emotions and I could experience what I needed to experience and I wouldn't have any bad side effects of like lashing out or getting angry or, or throwing a fit or whatever. I, I knew that I knew that in my headspace that I could allow myself to feel these feelings in order to move towards the next step. Um, and so that's, and that's, that's a very self observant thing. You, you ha you need to be self-aware enough that you know when you can and cannot do that. Um, it's like, it's like if, if, if you're dealing with addiction, let's say you have a candy addiction, we're going to keep it with like the, the pleasant addictions. Let's say you, let's say you have a candy addiction and, um, and, um, you, 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 you want candy, but you're trying to stop eating candy. 
there's going to be times where you can't go to Walmart and go anywhere near or even go to Walmart. Like, let's say it's an extreme addiction. Like, you can't even go to the store without going and buying candy and eating 15 bags of gummy worms or or Skittles or whatever. You need to be self-aware enough that you can't put yourself in that position to go to the store. You need to, if, if it's really an issue and it's really a problem, you need to be self-aware enough that you know you cannot put yourself in those uh, positions and you need to not do it. There's people who are in denial still and they're like, oh, I can, I can go to this situation. I can do this. But if you have the self-awareness to know I can't go to the store or I can't go to that side of the store because because the temptation is going to be too great, but you can go to the store and know that you have the discipline enough to stay away from that side of the store. That's a step closer. And I've even told my wife, cause she loves candy. She, it's not an addiction, but she loves candy and she was trying to stop eating so much candy. And I told her, well, if there's times where you feel like, like, Hey, I know that I can go to the store and I know that like, I'm like I'm in a headspace where I'm not going to buy candy. I told her, you walk down the candy aisle knowing that you're not going to buy anything, knowing that you're not going to buy like, but if, if you, if you're tempted and you know that like, Oh, I might, I might buy if I see something good or a good deal, then don't do it. But if you know that you can do it, it's okay to give yourself a little bit of a feeling of temptation but in a headspace that you've already overcome it because then you physically act on it knowing you already overcame it in your mind that way you can physically overcome it and then you have two victories and I mean if you're an alcoholic and you're like I'm going to go to the bar and talk to my friend but I'm not going to drink anything don't do that that that's not what I'm talking about I mean if you if you if you're a year sober and you go to a party and you know like I'm not going to be tempted by this but I want to go and you're really in a place where you are self-aware enough you are responsible enough and you are self-disciplined enough to know that you can go to this thing and find victory in it and I'm not going to you're not always going to find victory but that's that's where the self-awareness comes and you know like you you know that you're going to find victory in it I think it's okay to to go to these things and put yourself in a place where you're in a better spot now than you were maybe five weeks ago. Where if, if you stop drinking and you can't go to the milk section in Walmart without wanting to buy beer, but then five weeks later after you've worked and work to become sober and you know you're in a good spot and you purposefully walk down the beer aisle just to feel achievement I think that's a very positive thing and I could be wrong on the on the mental uh, I mean again I'm not a I'm not a mental health professional this is just my own brain thinking um like if 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 that's a way for you to find victory and continue healing then I'm all for it as long as you are self-aware enough to know that you're not putting yourself in a detriment in, in a detrimental position that could reset everything. I'm, I'm all for that. I, ho- I hope that makes sense. Um, and I wrote here in my notes, only if you are in a place where you know you can resist, it will make you stronger because 
then you go to a party where, you know, a year later where you're like, oh, I am kind of tempted, but you have the experience of being at a party and remember a year ago, I resisted this once and I physically did it. So the muscle memory kicks in. I physically was here. I physically resisted. When people offered me a drink, I said no or people, whatever. You physically did it in a place where you were more mentally stable that you can tap into that when times you are tempted or that you are struggling. Um, maybe I'll have counselors on and talk about this, but I, I'm, I'm very passionate about this because I feel like if you go 10 years sober, but you've never put yourself in a place where you were somewhat tempted and overcame it, the first time you are tempted and you're not in a mental a mentally stable position to resist it, you're gonna relapse. So it's all about those building block, those building blocks, and those those steps to healing. Um, but again, in a in a controlled environment where you know, not a controlled environment, a controlled environment within your brain that you know you can you can resist this. Um. So anyway, so I allowed myself to feel it. I allowed myself to feel everything that's going on, um, and I was in a place where I knew that. I could feel these feelings. I could feel these emotions. There were times where I was like on the brink of, of tears. Um, but, and it wasn't the whole night. It was like every once in a while, I would just need to sit and just let myself feel these emotions. And it, and it was really good because it ended up, because I was letting myself have the moments I needed to feel the negative things, to feel things that hurt, feel things that were overwhelming, feel things that I didn't know what I was feeling, but I allowed myself to feel it, to feel them, that when I was not on, but when I was engaged in what was going on and I had a little bit more energy, it made those good feelings exponentially better, where I was, I wasn't turn when I was feeling anxious, I wasn't turning my brain off because normally when I turn my brain off and then I go and try and I have more energy, I go and try and engage in what's happening. My brain is still off and I can't experience the good. And that was a realization I just had. Um, because yeah, cause it, it made the night way better. And I even went and just fell asleep on one of the beds in my wife's grandma's house. And cause I knew I was like, I'm exhausted. I need to rest my body as well um and you know I took a nap and but on the way home I remember even though I was struggling at times in the night I turned to my wife on the way home and I said that was a really good Christmas Eve that was so much fun and it's because I didn't turn my brain off when I was feeling when I was struggling I let myself feel, and I've, I know I'm probably a broken record now, but I let, it's, it's so amazing to me because I let myself feel the negative that I was feeling, surrounded by people who love me, surrounded by my wife who supports me, surrounded by things like that, but I was still feeling these negative things, and I let myself feel them, that 10 minutes later when I was, when I kind of, my, my brain said, okay, cool, we felt those. We can move. We can move on. Ten minutes later, I'm like, "Hey, let's. I'm gonna play Pictionary uh, with my family," and I did, and it was a blast. And then I felt anxious a little bit later. I don't know why. Um, and I went and took a nap. I woke up, got ready. You know, went home. I told my to, on the way home. I told my wife. I was like, "That was really fun. That was amazing. I didn't dwell on my anxiety. I allowed my brain to work through it in a space that I knew it wouldn't." 
turn bad. And that's, that's, again, that's important. You know that you're going to be able to come through it in a better way. You're going to be able to, it's going to be positive at the end. Um, so anyway, I, it's day after Christmas. I don't want to make this too long. So I'll probably go for another 10 minutes or so. Um, Christmas day was kind of the same thing. We, my wife's family has the tradition where her and her brothers wake up at five in the morning and watch baby's day out. Uh, because when they were kids, that was the only movie they woke up one Christmas morning and they had a specific amount of time before they were allowed to wake up their parents and baby's day out was a movie, not a Christmas movie. That was just the movie that fit that time frame. So they watched that movie until they were allowed to wake up their parents and, they've done it ever since. So, um, I sleep through that part. Um, but, (laughs) um, they woke up, we, they watched their movie. We woke up my son Leland. He, we brought him into the parents' room to my, my wife's parents' room to wake them up. And he said, Santa brought us a lot of bunch of presents. Cause that's when he wants to say there's a lot of something. He says a lot of bunch or a lot of huge, um, super cute. Uh, anyway, so we, we opened up presents for a couple hours. We had cinnamon rolls. We had breakfast. Then we got the house ready for people to come over, um, the rest of the family that were around all the time. So it's within COVID regulations and things like that. So don't even get in the comments with, with that. Um, but they came and, uh, you know, normally we play video games with my with my wife's brothers and, you know, the kids. They play video games. We play with toys we you know we do all this stuff and I was in I was in the headspace where like I literally didn't want to play video games which is weird because I go over there and I want to play video games with them all the time and I'm not even a video game guy really but I love playing video games with them and I took like three naps throughout the day like one in the living room one in the family room and then one in like my wife's brother's bed uh, like just on top of the covers um, like later in the afternoon I took like three naps and I knew that my body needed it and I knew that my brain needed it. But again, it was the same thing where I allowed myself to feel the emotions when I needed it. I did what my body needed. And my wife was supportive. She's like, hey, if you need to take a nap, go take a nap. We're here all day. You know, that's not going to hurt my feelings. We're going to play cards. You know, do what you got to do. Um, so again, that's the communication with the lo- your loved ones and making sure that you are talking it through with people and you're, you're, um, transparent with yourself and with your family and people around you. Um, I wouldn't say shove it in people's face. Like, Oh, I'm anxious. I blah, blah, blah. You need to, um, not be so loud. Cause I'm feeling anxious. No, no, no. Don't do that. Just be honest and transparent. Um, but by the end of the night, there, I, there's, there's only positive things that I could remember out the, about the day, even though I was feeling anxious and depressed and have and struggling and emotional and on the verge of tears again on Christmas Day. Like it was a wonderful day because of those times when I felt that I didn't allow myself to drag myself down. I allowed myself to feel those in order to pull myself up and pull myself out of it and experience the wonderful things about the day. More so because my brain was in a spot where it was almost like sensitive to emotion and I'm a very emotional guy. And it's not like I was like crying. It's not, I'm not like bipolar or anything, nothing against anyone who's bipolar, but I don't have issues where like I'm extremely angry and then extremely sad. It was, it was more of just like, I just needed a rest in order to engage in what was going on. 
again, I wrote here, uh, anxiety isn't the end. It does suck at times. Um, but if we can learn to use it to make us strong, we can begin to heal. And again, it's not an end game. It's not a journey to the end of no anxiety. It's, it's about becoming better, better versions of ourselves, and using what things in our life that we have been dealt in order to become better. Um, we, we have, we, I don't know what I wrote. We has people to have, I don't know what I'm saying. We as people, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I wrote here. Um, but we're so overwhelmed with emotion and things that we need to make it so that we don't feel anything at all. Typically, as, as people who are, who are anxious, we, we, we do, we try and get rid of it. So Xanax, alcohol, drugs, whatever. Um, that's not, that, that is useful at times. Not alcohol and drugs, but medicine prescribed to you by a doctor or health a mental health uh, professional. But once we start seeing anxiety as a gift, because we can not only, because we can not only feel the bad things to an extreme, we can use it and learn to teach ourselves to allow ourselves to feel, man, my, I wrote terribly in this, um, but I get what I'm trying to say. We can feel bad things, to an extreme as people who struggle with this. But if we can be self-aware enough and disciplined enough to use it as a gift and use it as a tool, we can teach ourselves to feel the good things to an extreme as well. And not an extreme as a bad, but just as an extreme as um, more than what we're used to. Maybe it's we're going to start feeling normal amounts of happy as people who don't struggle with things like this. Not saying we're all a bunch of sad people, but you kind of get what I'm saying. Like to really maximize our time when things are good, maximize the moments when we're good. And when we think back on it in, you know, when we're in the future, we're thinking back to situations and scenarios. We're going to be thinking about the good things. We're going to be thinking about the things we remembered and the emotions we felt and the way we made other people feel and the way that other people made us feel. And that's, and that's what it's all about. It's about family. It's about love. It's about kindness. It's about becoming better. It's about healing, being better versions of ourselves, and taking care of ourselves. Even just the realization of viewing anxiety as a gift or a tool puts us on a better road to healing. It will improve our relationships. It will improve our lives to a point where maybe I can get off medicine, even the low-dose medicine that I'm on. I can get fully off of it because my body is trained and prepped to handle situations and to flip them and turn them into good. And I want that for you guys too. There's so many people on my friends list. Like I have so many friends who I went to high school and middle school and elementary school with who have committed suicide since, since then. And it breaks my heart. And that's where the sense of responsibility for this podcast comes. I can't sit back and do nothing anymore. So 
if if I can just help one person, all worth it. I will do this podcast every day or every week for the rest of my life if I can help one person. Um, anxiety is not all sunshine and rainbows, but I hope that you're able to have a start, that this is a start for you. It's a start for me, that we can forgive ourselves. We can have conversations with people about it. We can open up communication. We can talk to the people we're closest with, our family, our friends, because it's all about this journey and hearing or unlearning to love ourselves, hearing what other people have to say, hearing even just talking about it for me has has helped me because yeah, I experience these things on a daily basis, but even just talking about it to myself has just really helped. It's about learning to take care of ourselves and love each other more and more each and every single day. I'm going to sign off. You can follow me on Instagram. Um, you can follow me at uh, Facebook. Uh, follow the, ch- the, the show on YouTube. Thank you for everyone on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We love you guys. Um, take care of yourself. See you guys next week.